Well, good Thursday evening. Today is Thursday, September 22nd, 2022. And you are tuned in to the Parents of Prodigals podcast. My name is Brother Alan Weir, and I'm your host for this weekly live call-in program where you, the listener, can call in your prayer requests, share your insights, maybe share a scripture, or share a testimony about what the Lord is doing in your life and what miracles he's working in the lives of your prodigal sons and daughters. If you're a first-time listener, we welcome you. If you are a regular listener, welcome back. Parents of Prodigals podcast began several months ago, and the program is dedicated and committed to prayer, supplication, intercession, and spiritual warfare for the souls, the deliverance, the salvation of those of us who are parents or guardians of either unsaved sons and daughters or backslidden sons and daughters, wayward from the faith. And for this time, between the hours of 7 and 8, although as the Spirit leads, we will go over. We will not quench the Spirit, but as the Spirit leads, we may go over past 8 o'clock, and we have already done that several times, and that's okay. But we take this time to lift up in prayer Sons and daughters, some of those who may be living at home with us, who want nothing to do with the gospel. Maybe they were involved in the church and they have wandered away, not interested in the things of God. Perhaps maybe we have sons and daughters who are living away from home, involved in careers, involved in other matters, and there is no time for God. Some of us don't even know where our prodigal sons and daughters are. They have left home, like the biblical account of the prodigal son. He left home, and the father did not know where he was or what he was doing. But I'm sure he held him up in prayer, praying and lifting his son's soul up to the Lord for that day when he would return home, when he would see his son on the road, which eventually he did. Some of our prodigal sons and daughters may receive the gospel and may come to Christ easily. Matthew was called from his tax collector's booth and he stood up and followed Jesus. But others like Paul have to be knocked off their horse and blinded. They need a Damascus Road experience. God knows what needs to be done to save our prodigal sons and daughters. And so we lift them up in prayer. And we enter spiritual warfare for them. The enemy has them in bondage to a variety of vices or lifestyles. I've said this before in prior podcasts, and I will continue to say it, that we are not living in the last days. We are living in the very last seconds. The next biblical event in the prophetic calendar is the rapture. The snatching up, the taking up of believers in the air, which will happen Any moment, it could happen before this podcast is over. And once this happens, 
after the rapture takes place and all believers are taken up to be with the Lord in the air, there will be a period of time called the seven-year tribulation period where all wickedness will be released in a final fury. We don't want any of our loved ones, sons and daughters, to be left behind when the rapture takes place. And so many times we agonize over their salvation. Sometimes we think they're beyond salvation. The enemy can put thoughts into our minds that they're beyond saving. It's a nut that too, it's too tough to crack, the enemy may tell us, but that's a lie from the enemy. Nothing is impossible for God. And if the Lord and the Holy Spirit can knock down the Apostle Paul, the persecutor of Christians, what God did for the Apostle Paul, he can do for your prodigal son and daughter. And we touch and agree on that. Like I said at the beginning, this is a live podcast. We welcome you to call in with your insights, share a scripture. But more than that, if you have a prayer request, you're more than welcome to message the prayer request. And I will see it on my screen and we will lift up your prayer need in petition and supplication for your prodigal son and daughter. We will respect your privacy if you wish to remain anonymous. If the request has no details, that's fine too. So we welcome you calling in to this live program. And this is a very special program this evening. Last week, we had a young man, Keith Valdez, from Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, who called in and shared his testimony with us, what the Lord had done for him, how the Lord delivered him and saved him. Many young people could be doing other things on Sunday mornings or on Friday nights, but this young man accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior. God delivered him and saved him and filled him with the Holy Spirit. And now he is serving the Lord. He shared his testimony and what God has done for him. And this week, we have another young man. We're going to be blessed later on in our podcast program by a young brother from Soul Purpose Evangelical Church. He's a performer. And he's going to share his gift with us this evening. But more than that, he was a prodigal, wayward from the faith, raised in the church, and then backslidden. But through the prayers and supplication of family members, he returned to the faith. It wasn't an easy road, and he will share that later on. But he came back to Christ, and we look forward to him being live on our podcast and sharing his testimony. Unbelievable, but true. Let's enter a word of prayer we go, before we go any further into our program. Heavenly Father, we just touch and agree. We unite in prayer right now for this time of fellowship, sharing, prayer, intercession, testimony and lord whoever calls in whoever shares touch their lips and their tongue with a hot coal and let whatever they share be edifying and salt 
to the hearers. Put a burning coal on my tongue, Lord God. Let you be glorified tonight, Heavenly Father. Let your spirit prevail in this podcast. Let this be a time of deliverance as well, Lord God. Bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight I'll be sharing a devotional which the Lord had laid upon my heart to bring to you. And the title of this devotion is God's Glory in Our Prodigal's Deliverance. God's Glory in Our Prodigal's Deliverance. And our text tonight is going to be in the Gospel of John, chapter 11, verse 40. The Gospel of John, chapter 11, verse 40, and I will give you a few moments to find that text in your Bibles. You know, there are very few places in the New Testament where entire incidents or narratives take up an entire chapter. But in the case like this, the situation must have been unusually significant. And that's the case with our text tonight. This particular verse is found, again, in John chapter 11, and the entire chapter really has to do with this one incident, this one narrative, the death and resurrection of Lazarus. The death and resurrection of Lazarus. Let's read our text, John chapter 11, verse 40. And Jesus said to her, speaking to Martha, that I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. Let me read that again. And Jesus said to her, that I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. What's interesting to note is that Jesus in this narrative is involved in a heartbreaking situation that two people are going through and that he purposely allows to go from bad to worse. Mary and Martha are sisters and their brother Lazarus is very sick and he's not getting any better. In fact, his condition is getting worse. Now, we can observe in our scripture text, in this entire passage, mind you, that Mary and Martha were not destitute. They had resources. Mary was the one who poured expensive oil on Jesus' feet. And the family actually owned a private burial cave, which was an expensive commodity, an expensive thing to have in those days. In fact, If you read the entire chapter, the entire narrative, it says that Jews from Jerusalem traveled two miles to come be with the family at this difficult time. So they were well known in the vicinity. And because they had financial resources, there is no doubt that they used some of those financial resources for medical care for Lazarus. 
And yet, despite these financial and social supports, the situation deteriorates and Lazarus dies. Now, when Jesus hears about Lazarus's condition, he doesn't immediately leave to go heal Lazarus, nor does he even speak a healing command from where he was, like he did with the Roman centurion. Roman centurion's servant was sick, and Jesus, rather than go to the centurion's house, the centurion told him that it wasn't necessary to come, to speak the word, and his servant would be healed. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He spoke the word, and the centurion's servant was healed. But in this case, he didn't rush. He didn't speak the command. Instead, what does Jesus do? Well, there are three things that Jesus does, which to us, from the human standpoint of judgment, don't seem to make any sense. Number one, he stays two more days. The text says he says he stayed two more days in the place where he was. And number two, he appears to, from a human standpoint, minimize how serious the situation was. First, he says that Lazarus' sickness wouldn't lead to death. And then he says that Lazarus is only sleeping. The third thing that Jesus does is, by the time he arrives, after delaying his departure for two days, Lazarus was already dead and in the tomb for four days. Now, I want to call your attention to a particular detail. That phrase, that Lazarus had been in the tomb for four days. That's a very significant number in this instance, not because it's symbolic of anything in particular, but it's for this reason culturally. Jewish people believe that a person's spirit would hover over the body for three days after they died, in the possibility that the spirit may enter or re-enter the body and life would return to the deceased. And so many times when someone had died, loved ones would remain near the body for that period of time in the event the spirit who was hovering nearby, would re-enter the body and their loved one would come back to life. But if there was any hope of Lazarus coming back to life, it had to be within that three-day period. Once the fourth day came and that three-day period was up, that was it. All hope was gone. Now, in the biblical account of Jairus' daughter, Jesus raised her from the dead immediately after death. No waiting period. The widow's son in name in the Gospel of Luke was also raised from the dead immediately. But in this case, Jesus waits past the three days, the fourth day, when all hope was gone and there was no chance of him coming back to life. So here is what appears to be happening a situation that appears hopeless, and a savior that appears to be uncaring. 
But Jesus, in no less than three places in this entire situation, goes above and beyond to explain why he allowed the situation to get to this point. We see it in verse 4. It is for God's glory that the Son of God may be glorified through it. And again in verse 14. Lazarus is dead, and for your sake I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. And then we see it again in verse 40. Did I not tell you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? There's the reason why Jesus delayed. It wasn't to see Mary and Martha sweat. It wasn't to press their patience or make things difficult for them on purpose. It was for God's glory and our belief in God's glory, that God's glory would be manifested. And in turn, once we see, once they saw God's glory, the faith would be strengthened in what God can do. Now, what's meant by the glory of God? Or what does it mean when we say that God is being glorified in this situation? Well, when we think of the word glory, what comes to mind usually is a flashing light or the burning bush in the movie The Ten Commandments or tremendous power. But actually, the word glory in Greek is the word doxa, from the word dokeo. What the word glory really means is to think, to give a proper estimation of something. In biblical language, the glory of God is the manifestation of his attributes, his capabilities, and his power. Now, the term glory in the New Testament pretty much is shaped primarily from what we see in the Old Testament. When we read the Old Testament, God is doing all kinds of incredible things. We constantly see manifestations of God's power in the Old Testament, whether it's destroying entire cities in judgment or performing miracles. The glory of God, the manifestation of his power, is seen time and time again in the Old Testament. This makes the term, the glory of God, actually an Old Testament term, more than a Greek one. In the New Testament, giving God glory means acknowledging, worshiping, acclaiming, commending, and recognizing what is already a reality about God that's seen in the Old Testament. Everything the Jews knew about God, how great he was, how powerful he was, was from everything he did back in the Old Testament, in the days of the patriarchs and the great nations. The glory of God, therefore, is the manifestation of who he is, his being, his character, and most of all, what he can do. Now, in the Old Testament, we see this manifestation time and time again. We see, one, his provision, providing manna in the wilderness to the children of Israel, or maybe sending ravens to bring Elijah food in the book of 1 Kings. We see it in his presence, guiding the children of Israel in the wilderness through a pillar of fire. We see it in his power, 
parting the Red Sea, God manifests his glory in opening up the Red Sea so the children of Israel can cross through it and then closing it again on the Egyptian army that was pursuing them. In 1 Kings chapter 18, there's a desert showdown between, for lack of a better term, Team Baal and the Lord. God rains down fire from heaven and destroys the idols and anyone who was worshiping them. Now, what were the characteristics of God's glory that were displayed not only in this account of Lazarus, but also when it comes to the deliverance and salvation of our prodigal sons and daughters? Well, number one, God's trustworthiness. Again, we see it in verse 40 when Jesus says, only believe and we will see the glory of God. Only believe. If you want to see God's glory in the salvation and deliverance of your prodigals, we must believe. God is trustworthy. The second thing is God's love and concern towards us and our prodigals. You know, in verse 35, it says that Jesus wept. And that Greek word, wept, is the word dakruo, dakruo. It means to break into tears silently instead of crying out loud, quietly breaking down and crying. Now, Jesus wasn't crying because he was mourning Lazarus's death. He knew that Lazarus was going to be resurrected from the dead. No, his silent crying was out of seeing what Mary and Martha were feeling. He empathized, and he saw the effect that death had caused in the world and in the lives of his creation. And Jesus cares about our concern for our prodigals. God cares for you, for me, and for our unsaved sons and daughters. He cares about their condition. He isn't willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. And he takes no delight in the death of the wicked. Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 11. Now the third thing that we see is his ability to do what we think is impossible. You know, Jesus describes Lazarus as only sleeping while everyone else viewed him as permanently dead. Jesus' delay ensured that what he could do, although impossible to us, was possible for God. But there's a fourth element to this, to what God is trying to call our attention to in this account of Lazarus, and it's a pretty important one. Number four, God's displeasure and even disappointment in our unbelief. You know, Psalm 10, verse 14, says that God sees the trouble of the afflicted, and he considers their grief. In verse 35, again, Jesus wept silently because, there, because of the emotional pain that he saw. But he also wants us to believe. In verse 33 of that same chapter, our text says that Jesus was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Now in Greek, the word deeply moved is which means to be displeased, to be moved in anger, 
towards someone. And the word troubled is ekstaraksen, ekstaraksen, which means to become irritated either at something a situation or someone to be disturbed at seeing someone or something doing something that annoys you. And when Jesus saw all the wailing and screaming, he was disturbed at the lack of faith he saw. And he knew what they were thinking. In fact, it shows in verse 37, when some of them were complaining, verse 37 says, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also kept this man from dying? Now, what does this biblical account have to do with the deliverance and salvation of our prodigal sons and daughters for whom we're all praying for? We've shared a lot of information, and much of it is relevant to our situation that parallels what we're going through. Mainly this. Your situation with your prodigal son and daughter may appear to be hopeless. Your situation with your prodigal son and daughter may be in the tomb. The stones rolled over it, and like Lazarus, beyond three days, the situation may appear to be beyond any hope of resurrecting or saving. But like Jesus said to Mary and Martha and all the rest who were there, who were witnesses that day, God's power will be shown, and you will see the glory, the manifestation of God's love for you, his love for your prodigal, his concern and attentiveness to your situation, and most of all, the manifestation of God's power to do in the life of your prodigal what you and I may think is impossible. Now, in a few moments, we are going to hear the incredible but true testimony of a young man who had wandered from the faith, who was a prisoner in the enemy's camp, in bondage to a variety of things. But as I said before, earlier in our podcast, through the intercession, petition, supplication, and spiritual warfare of praying parents and family members, this young man was delivered, restored, and saved. This young man's story is a true testimony to the manifestation of God's glory. It manifested in his life, and he was a prodigal. It's going to be manifested in the lives of our prodigals. The stone is going to be rolled away. Our prodigals, it doesn't matter whether it's past the three days. Nothing is beyond hope. When you put your faith and trust in God, only believe and you will see the glory of God in the salvation of your prodigal son and daughter. We're going to be taking a musical interlude in a few moments, but first I'd like to pray for this devotion and before this young man comes on the air. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for this time of sharing. And Lord, I pray that the words that were spoken fell on good ground and will bear fruit. Nothing is impossible for you, Lord. We may think that our prodigal sons and daughters are beyond hope. We may believe the enemy's lies, that they are beyond saving. 
beyond the touch of the Holy Spirit. That the three days have passed, and that there is no way their spiritual lives can be resurrected. But nothing is impossible for you, Lord God. If we only believe, we will see the manifestation of your glory. And I pray that you instill faith, trust, and confidence in the hearers of this devotional tonight, myself included, that you all resurrect our trust and faith in you. If it's faltering or failing, restore it, Lord God. We don't know when it's going to happen. We don't know how it's going to happen. But we trust and believe for the deliverance and the salvation of our prodigal sons and daughters. And I pray for this young man before he comes on the air tonight, Heavenly Father. Put a burning coal on his tongue. Let what he says be salt, healing, and creating thirst, Lord God. Bless his words. Bless his testimony, Lord God. If there's anyone listening tonight who may be a prodigal, who is unsaved, let what this young man shares touch their hearts and minds and bring them to the foot of the cross. We thank you and we praise you for this young man and his testimony and what he'll be sharing tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to take our musical interlude. We're going to play two numbers. And then we have a special treat for you before this young man comes on the air. We will be right back with the second half of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. Jesus is called 
All right, that was our musical interlude. And I pray that those songs were a blessing to you. However, we have an even greater blessing coming up. I mentioned earlier, we have a young brother from Soul Purpose Evangelical Church. His name is Brother Jerron Wilkins. And he is a mighty man of God. He is a family man. And he is also a performer. And he is going to be coming on tonight and sharing his testimony with us. But before we bring him on, I'm going to be playing one of his pieces of music, which he so graciously has granted us permission to play for you. Pay attention to the words of this musical piece from our brother. It says a lot about where he was and how the Lord delivered him. And following this musical piece from our brother, he'll be on the air telling us his story. Once I was lost, then I was found I was falling fast, I was about to hit the ground I was doing bad, I ain't think he saw the good in me But he saved my soul, cause my God got the crown Crown, crown, crown But he saved my soul, cause my God got the crown Crown, crown, crown Crown, crown I was in the whip I was riding shotgun, the homie driving sideways My cousin in the back, we was looking for the bud Trying to get our smoke on, a little puffin' pass And the driver, he was strapped Smoke away my problems, but that would never solve them Left turn, no blinking, at the cops on our back Car full of weed smoke, police made us hop out I'm shaking cause I'm nervous, the gun inside the back Now I got a gun charge, I'm sitting in my cell Thinking how my life is whack, and how I'm gonna get back I know I ain't gonna snitch on my cousin But I ain't know the dude that was driving, man, he bugging Why he have the heat in the car in the first place How I get myself in this mess, this my first case I ain't trying to spend my life in jail, that's the worst place The gun had bodies on it, murder in the first case, yeah Once I was lost, then I was found I was falling fast, I was about to hit the ground I was doing bad, I ain't think he saw the good in me But he saved my soul, cause my God got the crown Crown, 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 crown But he saved my soul, cause my God got the crown Crown, 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 crown Spent my first night crying, I was hurting, can't lie I was shaking like a leaf when it's windy outside Tried to play the tough road, told them I ain't saying nothing They was telling me my cousin when his boy said it's mine They trying to throw the book at me, they said I could do time They said I need a lawyer, but I ain't have a dime They was yelling, I ain't hear him, I had so much on my mind I cannot believe they flipped it on me, Satan's on his grind He tried to get rid of me, he knew God had a plan for my life to work vividly He knew I'd be saving souls for the kingdom relentlessly I asked him to forgive me and to save me from this misery I woke up the next day, pre-trial hearing was at 9 a.m. I prayed to the Lord that they wouldn't box me in. I saw my cousin and then I saw his friend. His friend took the charge, said it's all on him. It's all on him. His friend took the charge, said it's all on him. Once I was lost, then I was found. 
I was falling fast, I was about to hit the ground I was doing bad, I ain't think he saw the good in me But he saved my soul, cause my God got the crown Crown, 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 crown But he saved my soul, cause my God got the crown Crown, 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 crown Crown, crown That was Brother Jerron Wilkins in the musical piece that he shared with us. It was an incredible piece that talks about his testimony and how the Lord had saved him and delivered him. And so we are waiting for him to come on the air so we can speak to him. I've known Brother Jerron for a while now and... uh, He has got a beautiful family. His wife, Lorena, was going to be on the air with us. Uh, However, uh, she had other responsibilities. The children uh, needed care. And so perhaps at a later date, we will have them both on. And here he is. Our brother, Jerron, is going to be on the air. Brother Jerron, are you there? Okay, I have no doubt he will come back on. Um, I am not a tech person. Our brother Jamie Schock is our tech person, but brother Jerron is attempting to come on the air and share his testimony with us. I have no doubt that his testimony is going to be a blessing to those of you who hear it. And through his testimony, through what he shares tonight, when people hear what the Lord had done for him, how the Lord had delivered him from his wayward life, that it'll be an encouragement to those of us who are parents of prodigals, who may be involved in similar things. And so when we hear his story and how God manifested his glory in delivering him and saving him, and you know, I'm sure it was a difficult road for him. I'm sure it was very difficult for him to Come to the Lord. All right. Brother Gerard, are you there? Uh, We could be having a few technical difficulties with Brother Gerard coming on. And so he will attempt to come back on again. Until then, I want to remind everyone that the Parents of Prodigals is a live call-in show again. And thus, of course, we have... Brother Jerron attempting to come on and share his story with us. Okay. Obviously, there is a problem. So, in the meantime, I do want to say that in the future, we will be having additional guests calling in and sharing their testimony and their stories as well. We always try to have a variety of people calling in and sharing. And you know, there have been several others who have called in and shared their story who themselves are parents of prodigals. This ministry was born from my own burden for my son and daughter who are unsaved and the sharing of my concern with the other brothers and sisters in my church who are parents as well. So I'm not sure exactly what the issue is with our brother calling in. I'm sure we're all waiting for this 
technical situation to resolve itself so he can come on. I am looking forward to hearing from him. Okay. So hopefully our tech person, Brother Jamie, will perhaps maybe contact him to get him on. But I, I myself am looking. And I will tell you right now, uh, we usually end at 8 o'clock. We are not ending at 8 o'clock. In fact, I am not concluding this podcast until I have my brother Jerron on the air. Because I know the enemy does not want this story to be told. And just to spite the enemy, this story is going to get told. And his testimony will be heard. Brother Jerron, are you there? Okay. And there is still an issue with him coming on. So I'm not sure what the issue is. But again, we are trying to connect him to get him on the air to tell his story. And yes, one of our listeners did key in. The devil is a liar and we bind this interference in the name of Jesus. And we want our brother to come on. Lord, I just lift up in prayer this situation, Heavenly Father, that you have our brother come on the air right now, Lord God, that we can hear his voice so he can share his testimony, my God. We know the enemy doesn't want this story told. We know the enemy would interfere with this testimony being provided. There is someone listening who will be edified. There is someone who will be blessed by this young man's story. And so I pray, Lord God, that you allow this call to come through, Heavenly Father, that you make a way, technically, for this young man to come on the air and tell his story on what the Lord has done for him. And we commit this situation into your hands, Heavenly Father, that you unblock any interference that is occurring with this young man coming on the air. And we ask, Lord, that whatever difficulties are being faced in terms of him coming through the airways, that you unblock them, Lord God, that you make it possible for him to come onto our podcast. There we go. All right. Okay. Is this Lorena? Yep, I'm here hear that God answers prayer. We ask for the Lord to run interference, and here you are. <laughs> I made it on. You made it on. Okay. Um, now, we're looking for um, your husband is trying to come on, and for some reason, he is not coming through. He obviously, you obviously did something that he is not. I don't know what it is. Um, um, he, I don't know either, but I did tell him to come on my phone. Okay. Because I'm able to get through. Okay. 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 So we did play his first musical number. That was really and truly a blessing. Um, you know, listening to the words of his, of his musical piece hearing what he was involved with, who he was hanging out with, what he was doing. Um, you know, it was great to hear it in song, but I cannot wait till he comes on. Is he in the next room with you? Yeah, he's about to be here. Okay. The room, I got him now. Yo. 
There he is. Brother Jerron, how are you? How are you? How's everything? As you can plainly tell, we were asking the Lord to run interference and unblock any obstacle uh, with regards to you coming on the air. And I, I made mention of the fact that there is somebody listening who, will, who is going to be blessed by your testimony. And I know the enemy does not want your story to be told. No, not but at you're all. But he, you're here telling it. And I was just mentioning that we were listening to the, the lyrics, to the words of the piece we just played. And there's a lot of information there. There's a lot of information about who you were with, what you were doing, what was going on. But before we start our interview, I want you to introduce yourself and tell us about a little bit about yourself personally. Absolutely. Um, first off, I want to thank you very much for having me on the show. Um, that's the first thing. I, I, I give all glory to God, and I believe that this is all going to glorify him to the fullest. So I just want to definitely put that out there for sure. This is an excellent tool uh, to bring those that are prodigals back into the things of the Lord. So uh, this is this is this is this is an honor to be actually able to be on here to do that. But um, my name is Jerron Wilkins Jr. Uh, I go by GWJ when I'm uh, when I'm I'm, I'm uh, rapping uh, and ministering for the Lord. Um, I've been doing this uh, for about maybe 15, 16 years, maybe a little bit longer than that actually. But uh, you know, this is definitely uh, I believe the gift that the Lord has given me as far as music is concerned. Um, uh, the lyrics, you know, I believe that's what he's given me to do to, uh, to really touch people's lives. Um, and for right now, I'm gonna leave it at that until I actually start talking about a little bit more of it. <laughs> okay. And you obviously have a, uh, a very lovely and godly wife and I have seen you. Children. Tell us about your family. Yes, I do. Um, God bless me with her. Um, she is, we've been married for almost two years now. We have my my uh, little, my youngest daughter, uh, Gianna Faith Wilkins. Uh, she'll she'll be she she'll be three actually next year. Um, in so it's uh, 2023. So it's great to have her. Um, then we got the middle child. Our our middle child is uh, Adriana, and she's nine. And then the oldest is L'Oreal. She's 14 years old right now. So it is us, and uh, we are blessed by the Lord. I'm blessed to have them. And, and it just is it's a full circle story after you hear everything that happened to me in my past to actually get the family that I have right now. It's just, it's an amazing, it's an amazing, it, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's funny how the Lord works, but it's just amazing how God just restores and just keeps you, keeps you going. And he's also a bit of a comedian sometimes too, the way he does things. So it's just, it's, it's amazing though. It's just amazing, for sure. Well you, know, well, you know, I mentioned earlier that normally we went from 7 to 8, but as Pastor Albert Feliciano, our pastor, has done so many times, he throws out the clock. So we are throwing out the clock because I insisted. The enemy is a liar. The devil is a liar. Your story is going to get told. I don't care if it takes two hours. Your story <laughs> is getting told. So, Brother Jerron... Tell us your story. Tell us about what was going on in your life before, during, after, how you came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Um, uh, well, I think, uh, first off, I have to say my parents um, were both, they were both in the things of the Lord up until the time I was, like from, from the time I was born. Uh, you know, once I was born, my father decided to, uh, 
to stop doing what he was doing in the world and to to really get his life committed to to the Lord. So that's what he did. He and he, you know, he played the uh played the guitar in church, he ministered everywhere, and uh he stopped playing with the Isley brothers, which is what he was doing before I was born. So he got his life right and, you know, dedicated himself to make sure his family was raised in the things of the Lord, which I I'm which I'm trying to do, you know, and and, and I I really look up to him for that and the way he did that. And uh you know, it's it's really my motivation for trying to be where I'm at right now. So he raised me, my sister, and my little brother uh, in the things of the Lord. And uh, like I said, my whole life I was I was in a Christian household. We went to church every Sunday. The church was almost two and a half hours away. Uh, we we would leave at five in the morning. We'd get there at seven thirty, eight o'clock in uh, uh, in the morning, and we'd have church rehearsal after church from my dad and then we'd come home. We wouldn't get home till about 10 o'clock at night, then we'd go to school the next day. You know, this was our, our, our weekend, every weekend, up until I was about 17, 18 years old uh, when I moved to my mom's house, which was in California. She is, uh, she's not, she was not in the things of the Lord. Uh, she was not really a believer. She knew of him, but she did not live for him. And me moving there was the beginning of me going into a downward spiral. I'll say that. Um, I mean, I originally moved over there because I got kicked out of my parents' house because of things that I was doing that was not of the Lord. Now, they, they put me, you know, into a Christian school. They, they, they constantly, we did scriptures together. We went to church every Sunday. And I, at the age that I was, was still, was kind of rebelling. You know, was, wasn't, was being disobedient. Um, you know, so things that I was doing, they 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 were not cool with it, and because it was another parent, they said, "Okay, you know, you're gonna you're gonna go over here. You want to see how things are, uh, you know, with you living in the world. We'll let you we'll let you taste that for a little bit." So I went there, I did that, and like I said, that was the beginning of uh, things really going down. I when I first moved there, I almost I graduated there. That was the one good thing that happened. I graduated high school there, but I got into it with my mother's boyfriend. It was a big deal. Uh, long story short, I almost, uh, almost, almost had a murder charge because him and I got into a fight, and I ended up, you know, really going off on him with my anger, and uh, it was a problem. But again, God restored that whole situation. He didn't press charges. The state didn't press charges, and I was able to leave there after I graduated because I, my mom was just totally out there at the time. And God provided a way even then, you know, in my nonsenseness uh, and came to Maryland or the like the D.C. area, Maryland and Virginia, D.C. They call it the DMV. Mm-hmm. I moved I moved there with my aunt and started working as a bail bondsman as I was going through college. So as I was doing that, I, uh, I started I started to really start rapping like a lot and I started getting really good at it. Um, I started doing it sec- like secular, like a lot of um, a lot of music I probably should not have been listening to, and a lot of people I was hanging with that I should not have been hanging with. Uh, and because I was a bail bondsman, I knew a lot of the criminals that were in jail, and I got cool with the criminals because I didn't really have any friends. I didn't know too many people out there, um, so I was just making friends with the wrong people. Um, there was a lot of people that smoked weed. Um, that was like the thing to do. So I started smoking. I really got heavy and involved with that. I had a lot of friends that were drug dealers. Like I'm really, really cool with these guys. Like I was calling these guys my brothers 
And, you know, I was just living the wrong life out there. I was making money with the bail bonds place. Uh, I was like cash money all the time, just wasting a lot of money doing dumb stuff, going to clubs, just messing with different women, like constantly messing with different women. So many, it's so many women that I was dealing with. It's just amazing that God has even preserved my health to the point where I'm still able to be, you know, actually able to use, be used by another woman or, or, or be into a relationship with another woman just because of how, how reckless I was sexually, you know? So that, that is God's grace again, covering me because he knew he had a plan. He like, he knew exactly what was going on and what was happening with me and what was going to happen with me in the future. So he preserved me, but I, uh, I ended up getting into a big problem. This is before I, you know, before I really started taking off with, with, with rap, um, or before I started becoming a little more successful with it, I was in the, the car with a, with a cousin of mine and uh, his friend had a revolver inside the car. And we were just looking for some marijuana. We were looking for some weed to smoke. It was, a, I think it was a Saturday night. And I was supposed to, <laughs> supposed to be going to church the next day. And I was in the car with them. We was looking for weed. And we had a little bit of it already. And this was at the time where marijuana was not legal. And if you have a gun in the car in DC, which is where we were, it's an automatic 10 years just for having the gun because it's totally illegal in that state to have any type of firearm. So we got pulled over. And when we got pulled over, the police smelled marijuana inside the car. So when that happened, he took everybody out the car and of course nobody was saying anything about whose marijuana it was. So the cop got mad. Another car, another officer came and the two of them tore the car apart to just look for more marijuana or any weapons or anything that was in the vehicle. And they found the revolver in the car. So when they found that, of course they locked all three of us up and nobody said anything about whose gun it was. So they, ended up charging all three of us with the gun. And I think it was about halfway through the night, they found out that the, uh, the ballistics on the gun came back and it ended up being involved in a shooting, murder, homicide that was unsolved from about two and a half years ago. And it connected to four other murders that happened after that one. Wow. So now we're looking at maybe four or five bodies that's on the gun that they're trying to charge all three of us with just from me going out to go get some some marijuana you know so i was in a messed up predicament real messed up but because i had the word in me you know my father i had word in me my father like i said he drilled the word in me from when i was a kid to the time i was 18. so we're talking from like three years old to 18. that's a good 14 years 15 years of of just word that was in there just sitting in there and whenever i needed it i would use it Cause I knew how to pray. I knew how to get powerful. I knew how to speak in tongues. Like I knew how to do all of that. I just never really lived the life, but I knew how to get out of certain situations through prayer and promising God that I was going to stop doing this and stop doing that and stop doing this. And as soon as I got out of the situation, then I would go right back to doing the same nonsense again. But this, this situation you would think is a pretty big situation. Right. So, you know, I'm going to be done with this after this, right? That's what you would think. So God got me out of it. Long story short, uh, the guy that who, who's, whose gun it was 
he ended up taking the charge. He took the charge and basically he is still 20, I'll say next year, excuse me, next year he'll be getting out. Wow. So this is like, this is a real long time that he was in there. And the fact that he's even getting out is a, is a blessing in itself. He changed his life too, but right. thank God I didn't have to sit in there for that. So of course now I get out, I'm out now. Uh, my cousin, my cousin ends up, he ends up going to jail uh, shortly after that. And he's still in there now. He's probably not coming back out again at all. I'm, I'm still here. Obviously we know that, but I didn't learn my lesson clearly after that. So it was, again, I'm still dealing with women, messing around with women, uh, having unprotected sex with women. Uh, and I ended up having a, a son that I thought was mine. Uh, so once the rap thing started to take off a little bit and started to, to, to really circulate where I was getting some, some notice from different producers and different artists, different rappers that were out there in the world, um, there was a, they wanted me to come to Miami to actually be on a song with an artist that was really big at the time. And because of the fact that I now had this, this son of mine that, that was two years old, uh, I did not go down there because I, I knew that, you know, as a, as a man, I got to take care of this child. I got to take care of my son. Like, I can't just leave him here. And then his mother was really not the best mother. You know, she... She wasn't the, she wasn't the best the best type of uh individual in in general to even have right. a child with but again i'm I'm just out there in the world just doing a lot of reckless stuff so I didn't go um and maybe that might have been God stopping me that might have been the reason why i i uh i I even thought that I had a child at that time but uh you know he grows up and he gets older and Life goes on, obviously. Other opportunities opened up for me to, to, to do the music and to even be with different other, other artists. Um, and I got a little bit of recognition. I got a little bit of, a little bit of play, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Uh, got on songs with different, different artists. I, <clears throat> I opened up for different artists. I, I went to shows in different states. Made a little bit of money from it. Um, but it was never what I thought it would be with the talent that I know and that I knew I had. Like, I always thought it should be something way bigger than this. Like, I wish I would have went to Miami, you know, when everything happened. But because I have my son, I couldn't go. I feel like that was my break. So now I'm living with guilt. I'm living with regret as I'm raising my son, you know, and I'm I'm working dead-end jobs, having issues paying bills and messing with this, this, this like different women that just are not the right women to be involved with. So I get involved with another woman as I'm no longer with my son's mother and he's getting older. He's like about 10 now. Um, and I met another woman, ended up having a child with her after being uh, in relationships with her on and off for a while. We have a child. Now she's about two years old going forward and I find out that that daughter that I had with her is not my daughter. Mm-hmm. So after two years of raising her, I found out she's not mine. So of course that had me thinking in my head, let me check my, my son to see whether or not 
he's mine or not. So at this time, he's like maybe 12. I checked him. He was not my child either. Right. So now I have no children at that point. And I also have no career, no rap career, no any type of anything. I just wasted 12 years, you know, fathering children that weren't mine. And I gave up the rap career that I thought I was going to have. And it's just a lot of nonsense that didn't need to happen. So much stuff with their with their mothers that I went back and forth with, just almost getting in trouble uh, legally with, with the mothers because they're just the, the worst type people. And the lifestyle just was not right. Like it's just, it was just terrible. And I, at that point I was, you know, ready to kill myself. And I attempted that a couple different times, you know, cause I just felt like, you know, this is, this is a complete waste, you know, like how in the world could, could God let me go through something like this? And I just tried to end it. I tried to end it. And um, when I did that, Obviously, everybody showed love for, for me and the fact that they didn't want me to be gone and, you know, it gave me worth. My father told me to leave uh, from where I was at, which was in Maryland, because there's no real reason to be down there at that point now. Come back up here to New York. You got to rebuild. It's time, it's time to restart. You got to press the restart button, but you got to do things the right way. You know, so even as I came up here, after all of that happened, I still wasn't right. You know, even after all of that, after two attempts on my own life, after dealing with two children for that long, after almost being locked up for a long time, I still was hard-headed, you know? And I, and I, and I can only imagine how that made my, my parents feel at the fact that I still did not want to follow God's will for my life, you know? And that, that took, how old was I, 35 when I moved up here? So we're talking... 35 from like the time I left, which was about 17 to 35. That's a long time where they were just praying and believing God that I was going to turn it around, that I was going to be that that prodigal son that finally brought himself back and said, I'm, I'm here. I'm, right. I'm here. I'm, 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 I'm messed up. I'm used. I'm abused. I'm broke. I'm hurt. I'm broken. You know, and they were waiting for that. And they thought that's what it was when I first moved. Even for, t for two years after I had got here, I still was living the wrong way. Still smoking, still doing stuff the wrong way. Uh, and right before I moved up here, I, I got with uh, Lorena, my wife now. And she, she, uh, she dealt with me even during the time I had the baggage that I had. Like I still, had, I still was taking care of my son, who, who was not really biologically my son. You know, but I was still dealing with him, obviously, because emotionally dealing with a child that long, it's like, how do you just stop? How do you just stop dealing with him? How do you just stop talking to him after that? Like, how do you right. tell a 12 year old, I'm not going to be your father anymore? Like, that's, I've d I did everything, you know, for him. And so she was dealing with me through that emotional time. And we both were not even, we weren't believers at the time. I mean, we knew, we knew of God. I, like I said, I had him in me, but. I definitely was not living that life. And uh, my wife and I ended up uh, moving in together. I left my dad's house and that already was a scratch. They were looking at it like, oh man, this kid did not learn. Like, you know, after everything that just happened, like we know she's a better girl than the rest of the ones he was messing with. But like, 
now you're moving in with her. That's that's already a no no. Like you're you're you're, you're committing adultery now. You're, you're living with her. They're like, man, don't don't get her pregnant. Of course, I get her pregnant. That's exactly what happened. And uh, she was gonna have my my daughter, my my actual daughter this time. Like this time, it's it's my daughter. You know, right. so uh, I went to a men's conference at Soul Purpose Church, just thinking that I was gonna be going there uh, for for uh, just to spend some time with my dad and my brother, who I have not really been spending time with because I was I was grinding, I was working, I was still trying to get my music off the ground and to try to start doing that up here in New York. I'm like, New York, this is a city of dreams. You know, I could I could make it happen here. This is home. I know I can make the music happen here. So I'm, I'm putting time into that and it's still not working, you know, because of course I wasn't doing it the way God wanted me to do it, the way he wanted wanted for it to go. So, you know, if you're not doing something the way God wants it to go, it's not going to go the way you want it to go because he wants it to go the way he wants it to go. That's right. You know, so everything is going to end up failing. And that's exactly what was happening with me. So I went to this to this uh, to this uh, men's conference and I was like, OK, how bad could it be? They're going to have free food there. I'm going to bring some weed up there and I'm going to smoke. Me and my brother going to smoke. We'll, we'll get high and then we'll eat, you know, and then we'll we'll go through the motions with the service. And then when it's over, we're going to have free time. You know, how bad could it be? I had no idea that the, that weekend in 2020, right after my daughter was born, was going to be the weekend that changed my life forever. You know, I found the Lord again. Like, that's why I called the album Born Again Again, because I, I felt like I was already born again. Mm. That weekend was the weekend that just changed everything. That That just gave me such a love for the Lord. And that weekend was so powerful. I was, I'm crying in every single service that they're having. And I see my brother crying and he's changed. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. Even I, I might, I think I might even saw my father cry. And I don't, my father barely ever cry. I might've saw him cry one time in, in, in his whole life, you know? And, and when I saw that, I was just like, yo, he's, he's happy because he got exactly what every parent on this show that's listening is praying to God for it on a regular basis. And that's to have their prodigal come home. Right. And that year in October, I think it was October 31st, 2020, my father had his son come back home. You know, I, Praise I, I, God. We got, my wife and I got married that year. Like, a, like I think a month or two later after that, cause I just didn't want to continue living with her in sin. We already had a child out of wedlock you know, so it was like, I can't keep doing the sin. Like the grace is going to, I don't want the grace to run out. And then, you know, I'm still having the same problems that I was having before this. I, I really honestly want to get my life together. I want to do what the Lord wants me to do. I want to do what he wants me to do with this music because it's clear that I'm supposed to be doing this for him. It's just obvious, you know, so he, uh, we got married. And ever since then, the Lord has been involved in our lives. We've changed the way we do things with the children, her, uh, with, the, with the oldest and the middle child. Like we, we have totally revamped everything in this house. 
Right. Everything is to glorify the Lord. We wake up in the morning, we 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 read Proverbs, we glorify the Lord. We before we go to bed at night, we read Psalms, we glorify the Lord. I have the girls read uh for an hour every day. They have to do when they come in, they have to do their chores, homework, hit the showers, and then they gotta they gotta they gotta give God at least one hour. And if they're busy with homework and everything else, at least a half hour. You know, during the summertime, they were on it for an hour every day, and and it's changed the both of them. I see how it is. It is definitely changed and reconstructed the way they are, the way they talk. Uh, you know, the uh, Adriana prays with my with my with my two with the baby right now with the two year old. She prays with her, and she's teaching her how to pray. Like just to see the transformation is just amazing, and 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 every year it gets better. You know, it's been it's been almost two years now that everything has been solidly changed from everybody i'm growing in the lord my wife is growing in the lord like we both are are definitely receiving god's blessing that we finally and for so long wanted after we did what we did in sin you know god made that and and turned it and and blessed it he blessed my daughter he blessed me he blessed the the children wow Okay, um, he he was in the middle of his story. Brother Geron, are you still there? When it says that he's still connected, what an incredible story. I have no doubt he will be back on the air. And let's see if she's back on. Hello? There we go. Okay. I had to use my daughter's phone this time. I'm going through. <laughs> all right. That's all right. That's all right. You know, the, the I know the enemy is trying to stop this testimony. This was an incredible, an incredible story. Let me ask you something. Um, in everything that you've been through, in every in every obstacle the enemy threw in your way to keep you from coming back to the Lord, what do you see are the greatest obstacles? And I'm sure that there there are many parents who are maybe listening to this podcast who have prodigal sons and daughters some have never come to the faith some may be backslidden what do you see are the greatest obstacles that the enemy uses to keep prodigal sons and daughters from coming to christ uh there's a whole lot of distractions that's for sure um Mm. it could be distractions in the form of anything in the form of you think you might be getting success in whatever it is you might be not involved with the lord for like with me i i thought i was gonna make it big with rap and the type of music that i was rapping i can't be a christian and rap that that's one thing i knew like like granted i i would i definitely used the lord when i needed him but the majority of my life was spent as a sinner i didn't mix the two you know so i knew how to keep it either hot or to keep it cold and i felt like in order for me to be successful in what i was doing with music I had to stay on that page of me being that type of person and that was a that was one of the distractions that I would say definitely kept me away from coming back to the things of God so maybe if if there's something that is like that that person is chasing whether it be success or maybe it's a a a boyfriend that's no good or a girlfriend that's no good or a job that's no good you know like it's it's always a distraction there's something that's there or it could be it could be a uh, what's it called a a stronghold like right. possibly a, addiction or you know something like that like this 
it's, it's, it's terrible. And that's why we have to break the chain, break the strongholds, break the, uh, break the, uh, the addiction and get rid of it and just ask the Lord to fix the situation. You know, you mentioned uh, strongholds. Now, you know, there are many times when we as parents, and I myself have shared with you, my son and my daughter are not saved. And there are other parents who may be listening to this podcast who have either teenagers who maybe they were in the church and they lost interest or adults who are preoccupied with their lives. Um, what would you say to parents who at times may get discouraged? They may feel, for example, like in our devotional earlier in the podcast, they think that their children are beyond hope. They feel that this is too difficult a nut to crack. My prodigal son and daughter is never going to come to a saving knowledge of Christ. They're too hardened, too hostile, too wayward. What would you say to encourage parents who may become discouraged of any hope that their prodigal will come to Christ? Um, every, every, every person has their own will. That's what the Lord did. He gave us our own free will. And with that free will, we can make the decision to follow the Lord or follow our own path. Um, in this situation, I would definitely, obviously, keep in prayer that they're able to find their way back. And and you you have to have you got to keep the faith. You got to keep the prayers going. You got to keep the faith. Every once in a while, call and you know, obviously, love on them. Keep loving them. Don't don't totally shut them out. And they, and, and don't totally force everything in their face. You know, they know that you're a Christian. They know that you're believing in God. The forcing it aspect might be what's driving them away from you. It might be what's driving them away. Let them make the decision to come do it. If they're going through something and they call you for some help about maybe maybe just a conversation, you know, obviously talk to them, give them some encouragement, and even let them know that you'll be praying for them. And do you want me to pray for you right now? You know, just to, just to, you don't have to force it. Just gradually, gradually and easily kind of shove it in so that way they can get a little bit, little doses here and there. But obviously just keep the faith. I would keep the faith and definitely keep praying and believe in God that they will come back. Because if you have put any word in them at all, like it says in the Bible, train up a child in the way they should go. And when they're older, they won't depart from it. Like my father put the word in me and my sister and in my brother. So that way at some point in life, life is going to end up making us choose the Lord. So if they have any word that was ever put in them, initially they're going to make the choice themselves with that own free will that they have, that they're going to follow the Lord. Because that's what I did. And I was so far away from God and did so many dirty, messed up things that, and God has forgiven me of them and is still allowing me to prosper after it. You know, so that's that. God is good. You know, you, you made a very interesting point. Um, we all know that the rapture could take place at any moment now, and we don't want our loved ones to get left behind or, God forbid, end up in a Christless grave. And many times we as parents, we want to take our children and just shake them. And, and why won't you accept Christ? Or we 
continuously play, play Christian music or we take every opportunity to witness to them. Well, you made an interesting point in terms of the balance between letting them know the gospel, but at the same time, not being overbearing, not shoving it down their throat, but just keep loving on them and praying and rebuking the power of the enemy in their lives. And just having that balance between continuously making an opportunity at every instance to gently mention the gospel, but not harassing them. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. It's definitely okay. a way to go. Okay. It's definitely a way to go. I, uh, I don't see any. I, I don't see any other way to do it, and I and I pray to God that I don't have that to worry to worry about because I believe that you know my, the children will continue to serve the Lord all the days of their lives. But if that is the case, I'm gonna have so much word in them that they're not gonna have a choice but to come back to the Lord, and my faith is gonna be right there where it's at. Like I know you're coming back. I'm not even gonna worry. Because I know I put word in you, so much of it, in fact, that when you do have an issue that's going on, you're going to always revert back to the word. So right. it's still going to come back full circle. But you gotta, you gotta do the work. You gotta, as they're younger, or, you know, put that word in them. That's why it's so important for for the young ones to have scripture time or have the have verses, Bible verses that they're reading or church church service on Sundays, even on Wednesdays, and give it to them when they're young. That's the time to kind of force it down their throat because they don't have a choice. Right. You know, right. and as they get older, it, it just, it'll stick with them. You know, right. it'll just stay. Lord you know, me. you know, uh, when we read the Gospels, Jesus told Matthew, follow me, and he got right up very easily, no drama, and he followed Jesus. The Apostle Paul had to be knocked off his horse and blinded it's a scary thing to tell God, Lord, do whatever it takes. Do whatever it takes to save my prodigal son and daughter. Were you at any time worried or concerned that God would end up really, really doing something drastic to get your attention, to come back to him? Um, I knew that I lied to him when I told him that I would totally change my life around if he got me out of this Uh out of this problem when I, when I had, when I thought I was going to go to jail for, for forever. And, uh, I told him, I said, Lord, please just get me out of this situation. You finally, you woke me up. Like I'm, I'm awoke. I'm awoke right now. I'm not going to do anything else that's reckless. Anything else is crazy. And just please get me out of this. And he got me out of it. And the problem with that is, is that I did not, I didn't live the right way after that. So, at this, at that point, I knew that it could be possible that he could do anything. At that point, to get me, get me right. If he allowed that to happen, and I kind of just was still stubborn even after he got me out of that. Now, now I knew that anything else could happen. But right. the anger still came once I realized that he would do what he did, because I, I was still mad. But I couldn't really be mad at him. I had to just be mad at myself because I was the one that put myself through that. Right. So I had to really just accept responsibility and just know that that was my fault and and then, you know, pick the pieces up from there after that. But, you know, I, I, that, that would probably be my prayer. Just, you know, mm -hmm. Lord, allow them to go through anything that you need for them to go through to bring them back to you. 
that that would be my prayer for my for my children if they became prodigals because right. I, would, I would want them to come back obviously like that's something i i've never experienced and, and i'm believing god i don't have to but i know coming from where i was at you have to you have to really make that decision. you have to want to be there mm. like we can want we can want it for them so much but if they're not there you know I've said this to someone before. We can pray to your to we're blue in the face, but if every person has a will, and if their will is not where they want to be following the Lord, then they're going to follow who they decide to follow or just do things on their own. That's why we have to gently just kind of coax them back into right. the things of God, just gently, you know, and wow. just keep, keep praying and believe in God that everything will, will work out and eventually it will. Wow. Brother Jerron, that was that was an incredible, an incredible but true story. And you were truly a blessing to to me and to everyone who was listening to this podcast. In fact, I am going to ask you for a favor. Um every podcast, there is a young man that we lift up in prayer. There is a sister in our church, and she has an adult son. And this young man's name is Edgar. And we have committed to praying for him at every podcast. He is involved in, uh, you know, a certain lifestyle. And he has a young daughter who is, you know, exposed to this lifestyle. And I believe she's nine or ten. And we lift him up in prayer every week that God would open up his eyes to the gospel, soften his heart to the gospel. We are praying that the Lord would soften his heart to try to bring him to the point where he'll come visit church and and just get saved. I would like to ask you at this time, if you would lead us in prayer for this young man's salvation. He is a prodigal. He is more or less where you were. And again, his name is Edgar. And again, he is the young, the adult son of one of our sisters in our church. So at this time, uh, those of you who are listening, and I'm, his mom is listening as well, please join us as our brother Jerron leads us all in a prayer for the deliverance and salvation of this young man, Edgar. Brother Jerron, would you pray for this young man's salvation? Absolutely. Oh, Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for your word, Father. We usher in your presence. We usher in your anointing, Lord God, on us, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, that tonight, Father, you will touch Edgar. You will touch his heart, Father God. You will touch his soul. You will even touch his body, Father God, and let him know, Lord, that you are his and that he belongs to you, Father God. I ask you, Lord, that you will allow him to know, Father, that he can't do anything without you. He can't breathe without you. He can't blink his eyes without you, Lord God. He can't work or walk or even drive or take care of his child without you, Father God. He will, He needs you for everything, Lord. Help him to realize that, Father God. Allow him to see, Father, that you are everything that he needs in his life to end the depression, to end any type of, of, of strife that he might have uh, towards anybody, to end sickness, to end disease, to end just calamity that happens to him. But I ask you, Father God, that you will help him to see, Father God, that you are all he needs. Help him, Lord God, to bring his way back to you or to bring his way to you, Lord God, for the first time. 
I thank you and praise you, Father, for it, Lord. I ask you that you will comfort his mother, Father God. Allow her to have faith, Lord Jesus. Give her faith, continuous faith, Lord, that she will be able to continue to keep praying for her son, regardless of what the outcome looks like, regardless of how bad it looks like he's doing and how bad it seems, Lord God. I ask you that she will just continue to keep her faith on you, Lord God. Let her heart be fixed on you, Lord Jesus, and let her praise you, Father God, through whatever nonsense or storm that he's going through, Father. Keep her girded up, Lord God. Allow her to keep getting fed every Sunday and every Wednesday and every time she listens to this podcast, Father God, of little niblets of knowledge that she will be able to use in her fight to keep her son and to bring her son closer to you. I believe, Lord God, that that is going to happen, Lord. I know that every person has their will, Lord God, but I know that it is your will, Father, for you to have all of us a part of you, Lord God, and for you to be in us. I believe, Lord God, that the end result of this will be Edgar having you, Father, your Holy Spirit inside of him. Mm. I thank you, Lord God, and praise you, Father, for it now. Satan, I address you now in the name of Jesus Christ, and I command you to take your hands off of Edgar now in Jesus' name, any spirit of depression, any spirit of lostness or loneliness or whatever it is, Lord God, I command it to go now in Jesus' name. Take your hands off of him now. Any evil spirits or, 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 or demonic activity that might be trying to attach itself to him, you must go. You have to go. I've commanded it and it must happen now in Jesus' name. You don't have a choice but to take your hands off of him now. And he will be a part of this kingdom. He will be a citizen of this kingdom. He will serve the Lord all the days of his life. And when he is older and, and he's able to, to teach his children the same thing as well, they will get older and they won't depart from it either. And then their children will not depart from it either. I'm speaking generations of, of the Holy Spirit inside of their whole generation. His daughter's children, his daughter's children's children, Lord, they will all serve the Lord all the days of their lives. I'm speaking that and claiming that now and decreeing that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I thank you, Father God, that he will come to know who you are and he will be with us in paradise, Father. I thank you, Lord Jesus, and I praise you, Father, for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Thank you so much, brother. I'm going to give a parting thought, but we're going to close this show, this podcast, with one of your performances, one of your numbers. The name of this song is Glory and Honor. Stay out of the air, brother. Before we close this podcast, I want to share with everyone that this was a tremendous blessing to have this brother on the air. And it almost brings me to the point of tears because he is now where I myself am praying for my son and daughter to be. And he was in the place where my son and daughter are. Without Christ, and we are all praying for our prodigal sons and daughters, but it's my belief, my firm belief, that like Mary and Martha, we have to remain constant in our trust. God knows the correct and the appropriate and the best way and time to save our prodigals. We have to commit them to his hands, not worry, not have anxiety, but place them all in his hands. And like Mary and Martha, Jesus told them, and I will say this to you, 
if you will only believe, if we all believe, we will see the glory of God. Watch the road, because your prodigal son and daughter, my prodigal son and daughter, all of our prodigal sons and daughters will be on it. And now we're going to close this podcast appropriately, giving glory and honor to our Lord by playing glory and honor to our Lord. Until next Thursday, good night and God bless. Yeah. One, two, one, two. Yeah, yeah. second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance i'm forgiven again 70 times seven your mercy endureth you even clean me up when i wasn't the purest when i want to give up but you gave me endurance i wasn't really sure but you gave me assurance i couldn't pay you back for what you did you gave me a chance to really start to live so i'ma live i give you praise that's my sacrifice it's true Everything I do is just to glorify you Whether I'm praying for my brother or I'm rapping in the booth Nothing else matters, promise, it's all about I'ma you I'ma give it glory and honor and praise Even though it's looking like bad weather in my day I'ma give you glory and honor and praise Only you are worthy of all of my praise I'ma give you all the glory, all the honor, all my praises Lift my hands up, never faking, feel his presence, he's amazing Yeah, I'ma go hard for what I believe in Been given power to get rid of spirits and the demons Bondage is broken, any chains that was holding you pop off It's true, cause of his word it must happen, my God is not soft All of the glory, I give it to him I work his word like I'm inside the gym All of his praises, I give them to you You're faithful to me, so I'm faithful to you All of the glory, I give it to him Work out his word like I'm inside the gym All of my praises, I give them to you Faithful to me, so I'm faithful to you I'ma give you glory and honor and praise Even though it's looking like bad weather in my day I'ma give you glory and honor and praise
God bless all of you. And again, until next Thursday, good night. And again, watch the road. Our prodigals will be on it. Good night.